Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Michigan Golf Podcast. And, you know, I got to thinking, um, after the last episode, which I released on Monday, just kind of a, uh, kind of a quick, quick overview of Manistee National and kind of some follow-up on, on my weekend up north and kind of trying to bounce back from the West Michigan Am. Um, I, I plan on releasing this podcast on Mondays, once a week, and then I kind of realized that... One, this podcast might not be that cool or that popular yet, or I, I think a week is too far. So here we are on a Wednesday uh, for a special midweek episode of the Michigan Golf Podcast, and not to do anything more than just kind of chat. So I'm sitting here right now, and um, just a kind of a quick update, I think I had mentioned in the last pod, um, the Grand Rapids City match play tournament that's coming up this uh, weekend at Sunnybrook Country Club here in town. And I was kind of on the fence about about signing up. wasn't sure what I was going to do, if I wanted to play or if I didn't want to play. And Long story short, I, I decided to enter. So I'm going to compete in that this weekend. It's got a stroke play, um, not really a qualifier, but it just a stroke play around on Friday afternoon to seed everybody and, and flight the brackets and then Saturday is going to be a kind of a round robin pod style match play format um, where we're going to play nine holes against everybody in your group so guaranteed 18 holes on Friday guaranteed 27 holes on Saturday and then if you advance out of your pod then you go to Sunday and you play full 18 hole matches so looking forward to that I think it's going to be a great opportunity to get out and, and get back into the competition and the competitive mode and also try and conquer some of the inner demons we've been discussing just because for for one it's uh, friday it's a shotgun start so i mean that's pretty low-key casual um honestly sounds like a golf outing feels like a golf outing just show up get join your group um and then i'm not sure what hole i'll start on yet at sunnybrook but looking forward to finding that out and then Sunnybrook's just a good golf course in general. If if you've played it, if you're a member out there, or you know somebody that's a member out there, and you've had a chance to get out and play, it's a fun little golf course. Um, I say little because it's not too terribly long. It's it's a pretty short course. I, I don't think it even tips above seven thousand. Um, but it's it's kind of an old school country club layout. Just your typical. Um, if, if you were to envision golfing at a country club it's kind of what you're going to get you get it's relatively flat uh, 15 15 of the holes 15 of the holes are on um, one side of the road there's a road that kind of cuts through the course but again not really fully through the course but the 15 holes that are on one side of the street are all very flat there's not a whole lot of undulations you're talking just tees fairways greens everything's kind of side by side and they're together so you've got some opportunity there to kind of have some fun and not not to worry too much about being primo off the tee you can kind of unleash the the driver a little bit without too much fear um the rough however does get penalizing and it, it we'll see we'll see how it is this week It's it's been awfully dry but i'm sitting here right now and we're just getting torrential downpours this afternoon and late morning here and so Depending on how the remainder of the week goes and how how maintenance does their job, I mean, maybe it's gonna be a little longer and a little thicker. We'll we'll kind of wait and see when we get out there. Um, but 
the course is it's going to be a fun fun match play course for the exact reason i already discussed the 15 of the 18 holes are you can hit driver there's some short par fours usually they make one of them drivable which is a really cool kind of risk reward opportunity there in match play there's a it's a the one they've done in previous years that i've played is there's a short par four that's just kind of a slight dog leg right and there's a large pond that surrounds the front and wraps around the right side and to the back of the green and it's a killer match play hole because you get to that point in the round and i think it's let me think here it's hole one two three four five hole five i believe so right smack in the middle of the nine so at that point if you're one or two down going to five maybe two down maybe take a chance maybe go for it take a rip at the green see if you can put a little pressure on your opponent and, and see what happens otherwise if again if on the flip side if you're two up or so you're probably gonna for me in years past hit like a six iron off the tee it's six iron wedge nothing uh, nothing crazy nothing fancy pretty easy um but the three holes I, I mentioned three holes on the other side of the road are kind of fun because and fun i use that term loosely in this situation because they're fun to look at i think um i don't personally i'm sure there are people out there that enjoy those three holes and and have fun with them and do like them but i however have never gotten along with these three holes so it's a par four let me think here 10 11 if i'm not mistaken it's 12 13 and 14 it is 12 13 14 so 12 is a par four and the tee shot goes up the hill to a pretty narrow fairway and it kind of like cambers to the left and there's out of bounds left, there's trees left, there's trees right and they've got two sets of tees there so you can kind of tee off really super far down and you're hitting just straight up the hill or they've got an elevated tee option where you're kind of more on level with the fairway but then you're hitting a, a pretty good draw off the tee to get yourself in position. And then the second shot, same thing, it's the, the green just falls off huge right to left and it's just it's it for me it's always been a tough tough hole off the tee tough approach and then even when you if you do hit the green regulation you're still probably looking at a relatively difficult putt for birdie um big breaker potentially um, probably pretty quick a bit of a slider so you've got your work cut out for you on that hole no matter what and then 13 13's a par three which is a pretty cool hole and honestly of the three it's probably my how do I want to say this? Favorite? I, I guess favorite. Yeah, sure, favorite. It's it's my most least favorite hole of the three on that side of the road. And it's from the back tees, maybe an 8-iron, 9-iron. I think it measures somewhere around the, in the neighborhood of 155 to 165, depending on where they've got the tees at. And there's just a pond in the front right that goes around there. But they've got a really – they can they've got a bit of green there to the right behind the pond, so they can really shove that pin in the back right corner and really put you to the test as – whether or not you want to go at it or if you're going to be disciplined and, and kind of play out to middle of the green or front left but again that green slopes significantly back left to front right i'd say uh, all obviously towards the water so that makes it exceptionally difficult to kind of navigate that and then if you hit the green you're still you're, you're potentially gonna have a tough two putt for par depending on where the flag's at and how close you end up knocking it so tough hole there and then the next hole that one is my least favorite of my least favorites so 
it's a par four and kind of a longer one, but it's significantly dogleg right and downhill. And so that makes things a little bit, it's probably a little bit trickier. Um, kind of leaves you in a spot where off the tee, maybe you hit driver if you're feeling super bold and aggressive, but it's really not worth the risk, I'd say. Uh, it's hazard up the right, hazard up the left to a point, and then I think it turns out of bounds. But you could bomb one out there and catch the downslope and probably leave yourself a wedge into the green, or you can kind of suck it up and hit hit an iron or a hybrid or a fairwood off the tee and leave yourself at the top of the hill, which leads to an incredibly difficult second shot from, golly, if I were to guess, anywhere from 160 to 200 yards, going straight downhill to another incredibly undulating green that slopes hard from left to right. So nine times out of ten when I've played there, the pin is on the right just because that's kind of where it's got to be. Anything to the left there, if the greens are fast, like, like country clubs and like Sunnybrook tends to tends to get them they can, they can get pretty quick and if you put a pin on that left side and your ball funnels down to the right there's a good chance that you will I mean take a putt at it and you could have that ball turn around and roll back towards you and so that's always a little tough but that's a stretch of holes right there that is a tough stretch of holes so cross my fingers knock on wood I don't start on one of those on Friday afternoon but uh, on the other hand, maybe if I do start on one of those, I get them out of the way early. You just go and get those done and on, on to the next. But then it's cool because after you finish that tough stretch of three holes in a row, you get to a really, really friendly, reachable par five that you can kind of bounce back on and give yourself an eagle opportunity, uh, make a good kind of easy birdie. And so that's good. But Sunnybrook, it's it's a course we used to play shoot i have played it back in high school we used to have our high school regional tournament there and after that i hadn't played it for a long time until i came back and started playing in this west michigan west michigan golf stuff and they usually if it's if it's not the city match play i think they had a they had a stroke play event there maybe last year or the year before i can't remember which but uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a good golf course. Again, one of uh, one of the watermark properties here in town. So they've got five, I think, five private clubs here, and something like that. And Sunnybrook's one of them. So it's it's just a cool opportunity. And so we're gonna get out there this weekend. It's a hundred bucks to enter, and it's a guaranteed forty-five holes of golf. If you don't make it out of your pod, then then you obviously get cut. But I mean, shoot, for 100 bucks to go play a, a private club here in Grand Rapids and have some good competition, some fun in the match play format. I thought, what the heck, let's go out there and let's try and conquer these inner demons and, and put some of this stuff to rest. Because what I do have coming up in the not-too-distant future well, is the qualify for the Michigan Open Championship. And that's not until the probably end of July because it got postponed due to COVID-19 and all that stuff. But um, if I'm... If I didn't play this weekend, there's a good chance that I wouldn't play until then. So I thought, well, what the heck, let's get out there and and let's kind of cross some bridges and see what we can do to, to make the best of things and get back on the right track. So looking forward to that. Um, but other than that, this I mean, I kind of thought I'd just jump on the pod and I, I should be practicing right now. I'd like to be practicing right now, but it's it's raining cats and dogs, so that kind of blows. Um, so maybe we could talk equipment. I mean, again, I, I, I gave you guys kind of some insight into how to connect with me. If you, if you hit me up on Instagram at G Smith golf, 
um, if you're kind of an equipment junkie. I used to be a significant equipment junkie. Um, there's been a kind of an interesting and looking back and seeing how I used to do things and what equipment I used to buy, what I used to use, what I used to like, and then kind of how that transitioned over time into to where I'm at now. And so I remember my very first set of irons I got, uh, this will take you back a little bit, was the my grandpa got them for me for Christmas. And he was the the guy that got me into the game of golf, really. He used to get me a membership at a at a little club up near our family cottage where they now live full-time during the summer and so we used to get out together all the time he used to cover my entry fees for tournaments back when I was in high school and wanted to compete during the summer so um, my grandpa's got a a special place uh, in my golf experience and my golf history and my development there Um, and he ended up purchasing for me this set of Titleist irons is the DCI 762s so those are the ones that are the had a little silver backing on them, and uh, gosh, they, those were sweet irons and matte finish. So it was cool. They weren't all chromed out, which I preferred because then they're not they're not shiny. And then, in my opinion, too, from a conditioning standpoint, those old Titleist irons with the matte finish and stuff like that, they just lasted so much longer. Um, they you could keep them in good shape for a really really extended period of time. And I still see sets out. Every once in a while, I'll jump on eBay and see, hey what's a set of DCI 762s looking like out there. And you can find some sets in really, really good condition because they, they hold up. They hold up well. And so I played those through high school, well, through sophomore year of high school. And I just remember back then, whether this is accurate or not, maybe it was just my novice ball striking days, but I, I remember feeling like there were occasional times where if you caught one a certain way, it was almost like there was a hot spot on those clubs with your irons. And so I, I distinctly remember times when I was out there and have maybe 160 yards and I'd have an eight iron and out of the fairway, clean face, clean grooves, all that stuff, but it would just jump. And like next thing you know, you're over the back of the green and, and nine times out of 10 over the back of the green is jail no matter what. And leads to a tough up and down. And I just hated giving shots away like that. So um, I had a buddy that I played a lot of golf with that went to another high school um, that we used to compete against, and he um, played the Nike, the old Nike Forge Blades, the same ones that like Tiger kind of helped develop and get into the game and really helped put Nike on the map as far as golf equipment goes. So I was stoked at um, my first opportunity. It was at the West Michigan Golf Show here in Grand Rapids one year, and I'll never forget going with a couple of buddies and finding a set of the the Nike Forge blade irons for a really, really good deal at one of the booths. And my buddies talked me into it, so I ended up buying them and loved them. Loved them so much that I played them senior year of high school, played them through college. They took me to state championship win, regional championship runner-ups, national championships, all-American status, all that good stuff. And they were a killer set of irons. And I eventually had kind of of course being a tiger fan getting on the bandwagon ended up having all the nike equipment in the bag at one point um, except for putter i never played a nike putter i never really found one that i liked that much but eventually as as time went on i I used that set heavily for a number of years ended up buying another set and bought the heads only and so i would do all my own reshafting so i would just buy a new set of heads pull the shafts out of the old set drop them in the new heads and 
wham, bam, good to go. I did all my re-gripping. I would cut down shafts. I'd lengthen shafts. I'd adjust lie angles and lofts and everything. I used to play around a lot with that kind of stuff. And eventually when Nike, the Forge Blades, remember back when, gosh, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but when they had to change the rules and because all the manufacturers went from V grooves to square grooves for wedges in particular, and then sometimes in irons too. And you had to get away from that. You had to play competitive events and stuff, at least on the semi kind of chasing the professional level caliber. You had to go back to the V grooves. And so I ended up getting the Nike VR Pro Blade irons, which those were fun too. I had those for a number of years and liked them. And they just, all those Nike blades, they were just so clean, you know? Super thin top line, really sharp edges, just great head shape and size, and I just love those things. The weighting was nice, um, never had any complaints. But then um, had those in the bag all the way up until 2016. So, yeah, get this. This is kind of a wacky and, and probably a dumb move on my part. But So I came back from North Carolina in 2016, and then had all this Nike gear in the bag, and then turned around, got back into competitive golf kind of after a little bit of a hiatus, and in 2017, went out and qualified for the Michigan Am, uh, qualified for the Michigan Open, played really well in these West Michigan events, and then I was doing this with Nike clubs, and at that time, that was about when Nike was exiting the equipment game, and so I thought, well, shoot, if I want to get back in kind of with some equipment that's going to continue to evolve and continue to progress in the industry, I need to switch. And so I ended up selling all of my Nike gear and after practice and some trials and demoing this and demoing that, I ended up going back to Titleist kind of as familiar territory and picked up, I think there was the 716 MBs at that point. I had the Gosh, uh, the 915 D3 driver, 915 fairway wood, hybrid, all that stuff, Titleist wedges. I already had a Scotty Cameron putter because that's what I've been using for a long, long time. And so literally, I kid you not, the week before the Michigan Open, I think I put all this Titleist equipment in my bag. And that was kind of the beginning of a a bit of a shift because I just, again, kind of went back to my roots and I thought I was doing things that I was comfortable with and it was cutting shafts down I mean I cut the driver down an inch and a half to play at 44 and a half instead of 46 which is what the stock shaft came as um I cut my irons down I think a half an inch and added lead tape did all the things to rebalance and get the swing weights back to where they were but nothing ever really kind of fit right um and it kind of led to some over time in 2017 I did not play well in the Michigan Open missed the cut did not play well in the Michigan Am didn't make it to the match play and then that kind of began this cyclical process of some struggles and fought through it through 2017 towards the end of the year grinded through it in 2018 grinded through it again in 2019 and so at this point that had made some kind of incremental changes i think i upgraded to the 917 d3 driver from the 915 and uh, of course, I switch wedges every year. I always get a fresh fresh set of wedges in the bag in the spring before tournament season starts. And then it was 2019. Actually, funny we're talking about this right now because it was at Sunnybrook. So the Grand Rapids City Championship, it was the stroke play event at Sunnybrook that year. And I went out there 
and hit the ball very poorly. I did not break 80 in either of the first two rounds and did not make the cut to the third round. The third round cut was always top 30. I didn't make that cut and just, I was so mad and I just, just riding the struggle bus with everything. And so what did I do? I kind of threw a little mini fit and went home and I actually did this after the first round. So the first round I shot something in the mid eighties, wasn't happy about it. Wasn't happy with the shots I was hitting. Wasn't comfortable with my clubs. And so I, you know, golfers, I mean, it's, it's never your fault. It's always your equipment's fault. It's always the wind's fault. It's always the greenskeeper's fault. I mean, you're always looking to blame things other than yourself in this darn game. So what do we do? In between the first round and the second round, I took photos of all my clubs. I cleaned them up real nice and good, and I put them on eBay. And in a matter of a week, I, uh, they were all sold. So I got rid of all of my wedges, all of my irons, all of my fairway woods, my hybrid, my driver. I actually ended up selling my putter too because I was exceptionally salty that week. And so here I went from a bag full of Titleist clubs one week to no clubs at all the next. And thankfully this was at the tail end of the season. I didn't really have any tournaments lined up anytime soon, so it wasn't a big deal. But what I did do from there is I made the switch to quote unquote team TaylorMade. And TaylorMade has, it was, they were an equipment company back in the day that I had buddies in high school that played TaylorMade back when like the R7 first came out and the movable weight technology and all this stuff. And I, I played a TaylorMade putter for a while because I always loved those, loved that insert they had. I think it was RISI. I had it in one of their kind of semi-mallet putters back then and always enjoyed that. But TaylorMade to me was kind of back in the day perceived as like the game improvement equipment company. They were the guys that I always felt like Titleist had the reputation of being the players clubs. Nike had the reputation of being the cool clubs and or the players clubs. TaylorMade, Ping, Callaway kind of always fell in that game improvement, catering to the, the mid-handicapper, the high-handicapper range. I always felt like irons were kind of bigger and kind of bubblier. They were a little bit more rounded on edges. I always liked sharp edges, straight lines, all that stuff. Yeah, I felt like TaylorMade didn't have that, and so I never really gave TaylorMade a fair shot. But obviously, here we are, fast forward to 2019, and you're looking, I mean, if you watch golf, of course, you're... Roy McElroy, TaylorMade, Jason Day, TaylorMade, Tiger Woods, TaylorMade, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm. I mean, the who's who of golf is all partnering and playing TaylorMade golf equipment. So I thought, you know what? I haven't given these guys a, a, a shot in a long time. I've never played a TaylorMade club. And so what did I do? I went out and bought the M3 driver, the M3 fairway wood. I bought really an, an old classic set of the TaylorMade um, TPMBs, the ones that came out kind of similar time frame to the Nike blades, just because I kind of want, I, I kind of was trying to get back to my roots a little bit. Again, just kind of a psychological thing, but let's get a set of irons that were, that looked like the Nikes, played like the Nikes a little bit. And so I, I was doing everything looking at specs, um, swing weights, lofts, lie angles, and just trying to match stuff up to the way that I had it before. Um, Cause I had, I had that all documented and stuff. 
And so I ended up buying those, buying a set of TaylorMade wedges, and then the TaylorMade TP Mullen 2. Did I get the Mullen 2? I think so. Potter. Anyway, um, and wow, what a game changer. Um, I got to say, like, I, it's pretty plain as day to me why guys play TaylorMade because in my opinion, I mean, it's been a long time since I've hit ping and I've actually still never played Callaway, but in my experience and from what I feel and see in the game of golf and the equipment, TaylorMade is a superior company. They make superior equipment. And if I think Callaway is pretty close there in the driver and fairway wood realm, but I think from putter to driver, if you're talking about like a full bag, TaylorMade is the way to go, at least for me. And that M3 driver was awesome and if you notice i'm saying was and the only reason i'm saying that is because just this past winter i did um purchase the m5 head and put it on the same shaft that i was using in my m3 so i'm not all the way up to the the current editions of things i don't have the sim but i did end up benching the uh rack tpmbs and only reason for that is because over the winter, I just kind of did a lot of research and demoed some things and just kind of thought about what I was doing and what, how to get the most out of my game and my equipment. And I thought to myself, I thought, shoot, dude, I mean, I always love blades. Again, back to the straight lines and sharp edges and all that stuff. I love blades. Always played them. Um, but I thought, man, you got to... I don't play quite as much as I used to. I don't practice quite. I mean, I can practice quite a bit, but I mean, not as much as I did back in college and stuff. So I thought, you got to have your equipment work for you, not against you. Like, you're only making things more difficult by having equipment that is going to require precision on top of precision in order to hit good, consistent shots. And so I ended up benching the, the TPMBs and have a split set in the bag now of the the tailor-made P770s and the P750s. And uh, so P770 in my bag goes from three through six, and then P750 goes seven down through wedge. And then I have a three wedge set beyond the pitching wedge, so I've got the 52 degree, 56, and 60 all in the tailor-made um, milled grind wedge, not the milled grind two, just the original milled grind in the kind of the dark, not oil can like what Titleist did, but kind of the dark finish, not black, but the kind of that copper colored one. And love those, love those a, a ton. I mean, they're compared to the TaylorMade wedge set I had before, which is just an old set of the TaylorMade Tour Preferreds that I picked up from a buddy. These mill grinds are slick. They're so much softer and so much more responsive. And I love those. Um, but the putter's still the same. The the TP Mullen is is awesome i've kind of tinkered with some more things i've never gotten to really like spider i don't enjoy that putter that much and i do have the tp ardmore 3 which i actually had in and kind of played with and before tiger made it cool so i'd like to think i was a little ahead of the curve on that one i had it as a backup and i still have it as a backup i don't love it quite as much as the mullen so the ardmore 3 does kind of just hang out in the closet more often than not comes out to practice every once in a while but that's about it but everything is everything in my bag is um exactly where i want it to be now which is fantastic and if, if you play golf recreationally or competitively your equipment's a huge deal i mean when you're setting up to hit a tee shot 
with with your buddies in a tournament, a company outing, whatever it may be. I mean, you want a driver in your hand that you can trust, one that you look down at and inspires confidence, and it gives you that feeling that you can hit it long and straight. And so it's that's head, that's shaft, that's grip, and everything. And and then through the bag, I mean, irons same way. You want irons that you can confidently strike well, and wedges that you feel that you can hit close to the hole and and get get those green side shots up and down, things like that. And so in my bag, I've got driver three wood i removed the hybrid i don't play a hybrid anymore i went back because the p773 iron is dynamite and super super easy to hit i haven't played a three iron in a number of years but i love this one this one is killer and i use it all the time mostly off the tee i don't find a lot of shots when i'm except unless it's a par five where i'm maybe i'm kind of on the verge of three woods too far and i'll try and jump a three iron or something but those are all equipped equipped with the rifle 6.5 um, shafts, the Project X. So I love those. And then the wedges are just the standard stock wedge flex. And one thing I did do this this time around is I haven't made the changes that I've made in previous years with lofts and lie angles and lengths and swing weights and stuff like that because I've kind of adopted this concept of what the manufacturers intended when producing these clubs and so they they run these things through rigorous testing so i mean the the m5 driver has a certain length shaft in it to play at a certain lie angle to play at a certain swing weight and i thought let's start there let's use that as kind of a base level and see how things go before just getting the shaft and cutting it down and and next thing you know, having to add weight and doing all these wonky things that I used to do, I thought let's let's stick with the manufacturer recommended specs. And obviously, I I do recommend getting fit, um, no matter what. This is kind of what I did to start as kind of a base level. I have tinkered, I have made changes since, and got things to better fit my game and my swing. But I do think there's something to be said about when changing manufacturers at least if you're going from tireless to tailor-made or tailor-made to callaway or to ping whatever it may be maybe just at least demo and and try what the manufacturer specs are and then start to tinker from there because shafts are going to flex different club heads are going to be weighted differently i mean there's there's so many variables there and unless you're working with a professional to get that stuff done chances are you're going to be making things more difficult on yourself than you're actually I mean then you would be helping so that's just kind of my piece of advice and words of wisdom on that but if you play tailor-made I'd, I'd love to hear I mean what do you what do you like what do you not like I mean if you don't play tailor-made why not um I got a buddy that I play with who plays Callaway but I he's more or less kind of not on staff with them but he's got a he's got a good connection and he gets Callaway equipment and he plays well he loves it and so why switch but if you've tried tailor-made and you play tailor-made I'd love to hear what you think because I love the stuff the adjustability the feel the performance I mean it's it's all there from driver down to putter and I even recently just switched balls too to the TP5X because back in the day I used to play the Titleist Pro V1X and that was my preferred ball for a long long time I tried some other manufacturers and tried some other things. I tried Strixon for a little bit. 
tried Bridgestone for a little bit. Um, I did try Callaway Ball for a little bit. And then I ended up going back to Titleist and playing the Pro V1X again. But I got to tell you what, though, this TP5X is no joke. And I'm not saying that just because of brand allegiance or anything like that. It's just purely, I mean, it's, it's a noticeable difference. When I go out there, if I, if I hit multiple shots, which I did when I was kind of testing this ball, off the tee, I mean, that tailor-made ball, it spins less, it flies further, it rolls further. It's, it, it is like they say it's better in the wind, and it's because it is better in the wind. I find that it has a much more penetrating and kind of piercing ball flight that in the, in the crosswinds, you're not getting as much play with it, which is awesome. I love that. And it's still, again, from driver down to putter, it's an all-around good-feeling golf ball. I tried the TP5 and the TP5X, and the X was just kind of for me. That's what I preferred. A um, little bit different, little different feel and a little different sound quality when you get down to the wedges and, and putter between the two. But both of them are stellar balls. The TP5X is what made it in my bag, and I, I love it. It's a, it's a great ball to play. So um, on a different note and on the plus side here i'm sitting in the car at the driving range and it is no longer raining so i've got a bucket of balls here and probably going to try and hit about maybe a quarter of them at least a third of them before some more of these gray skies blow in and try and get some shots in and get warmed up and a little bit of practice before the weekend so but anyway um thanks for tuning in uh wanted to just kind of drop a quick pod and talk about the upcoming event at Sunnybrook and figure I'd share a little bit about what's in my bag. And again, if you're a gearhead and want to talk equipment or want to talk Sunnybrook or want to talk anything, hit me up on Instagram at gsmithgolf. And again, my podcast isn't cool enough to get regular listeners only shooting it off once a week. So I'll probably just deviate from that and put out pods whenever I quite feel like it. So thanks again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed and we'll look forward to catching up with you guys next time.